Hi, this is Mary Guzman, CEO and founder of Crown Jewel Insurance, and welcome to episode four of our podcast called Cover Your Assets. Today, we're going to be talking about the groundbreaking insurance called Crown Jewel Insurance, a first of its kind in the industry where we can offer 50 plus million dollars in insurance for the theft or misappropriation of trade secret assets. And we're going to explain what all is included in that and the services that come both before and after a loss. Thank you for joining us. There is a a kind of a formal process, insurance or risk management 101, um, that is, is necessary in any part of an enterprise risk management program, both in order to gain the support of the insurance industry but also, this is just a Maryism. Um, I would be surprised if three to five years from now we don't start seeing VCs and other, you know, investors, stakeholders on the financial side of the equation requiring um, sort of security around the value of IP assets. If at the end of the day, the IP assets or trade secrets of an organization are the real reason that they're buying or investing in a company that underlying asset right now is not insured um, in in most cases. And so, again, I think this could be a game changer going forward. So there are five steps in in an IP risk management strategy just like any other strategy. And again, we found that a lot of companies have sort of, for some reason or another, put the IP risk management to the side a little bit. But those steps are identification, classification, valuation slash quantification, risk mitigation, transfer, and then recovery. So as we go from here on out in the presentation, we've put them in that order and the processes, policies, procedures, and services that we're going to offer and include as part of this overall risk management offering that touches each one of those five steps. So again, our purpose here is to roll out something that we're calling Crown Jewel Protector. Drum roll, please. Crown Jewel Protector um, is a first of its kind turnkey risk management and risk transfer solution that is specifically focused on trade secret misappropriation and theft. And we have therefore pre-bind solutions, you know, um, services that will be offered during the policy period and then we have a, p- a potentially post-breach or post-loss services that we've built in, and we'll, t- we'll talk about each of these in a little bit more detail. The pre-bind offerings that are on the table here, uh, automated TSAM. And um, he and a couple of other brilliant people have developed a software tool called the Trade Secret Examiner that is an easy-to-use software platform um, that allows an organization to index and then it automatically scores and prioritizes how well an organization grades themselves, mind you, on um, either valuing a trade secret asset appropriately, securing that trade secret asset and keeping it secret properly, and you know whether or not it, they own that trade secret in the first place and are properly documenting that something is in fact perceived by the organization as a trade secret. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that and sort of that's the underpinning, the the bottom layer, if you will, and a really significant layer of what we're doing on the risk management side that helps us on the underwriting piece of things as well. 
The second pre-bind issue is that um, Phil and his team will come in and overlay their evaluation capabilities around what the client has already provided um, to validate the value of the trade secrets that we're talking about and that we want to ensure. And then we're also going to do a high-level threat assessment using a questionnaire that is a supplement to but different from a regular kind of cyber insurance questionnaire that looks at how you're protecting data in general. This one is much anomalies and um, to see if any particular trade secret asset that we're covering can come back in along with the folks at Fisher Broyles um, to help on the enforcement side if we, during the forensics and in, in investigation stage, can confirm and agree that a covered trade secret has been misappropriated or even and, and is out in the wild or we know who's got that trade secret, then we get more about this whole Crown Jewel Protector program as we move through the slides. Uh, so let me, this is Mark, let me address for a moment Automated Trade Secret Asset Management, TSAM. Some of you may have seen the article that I wrote in Landslide Magazine, the American Bar Association Landslide Magazine, um, in May, the May-June issue of 2019, uh, in, entitled uh, The Next Revolution in Intellectual Property Law, Automated Trade Secret Asset Management. And, and that article discusses the fact that there are four stages in the life cycle of a trade secret or in the management of a trade secret. Uh, those, those, those four stages are identification, classification, protection, and valuation. And the beginning and ending point of all of trade secrets law, uh, and having read thousands of cases and studied the law, the beginning and ending point is the in analysis. What is it that you are alleging constitutes a trade secret? If you have an information asset, you're alleging it's a trade secret, you have to identify it. And then, because it, that's like boiling the ocean, you heard the modern definition of trade secrets, you have to have a way to classify and rank after identification. Now, finally, you can implement a, an effective protective regime. And once you've done all that, now you can value the trade secret assets. And that's, this is critical. Because the reason why trade secret asset management programs and audits and all that have failed, they, they, they start off with a big bang and they fail, is because they started the protection stage. Uh, and they have all these policies and procedures and, and processes to protect, but they don't know what they're protecting. And it's doomed to fail. Sometimes quickly, sometimes over time, it is going to fail. The, the fact is that the four stages cannot be juggled around. Identification precedes classification, and identification and classification precedes protection. And identification, classification, and protection precedes valuation. And why are we doing this manually? By, by someone gets excited, there's a key employee leave, so everybody gets in a conference room to figure out what the trade secrets are that he or she may have taken. And they've got Dunkin' Donuts and coffee, and they're essentially holding an ideation session you know, to try to figure out what, what they're going to say the trade secrets are. That, that just cannot be the way a company runs 
when 80% or more of their assets within the company are intangible assets. So use the power of the computer. And that's what the Trade Secret Examiner platform provides, an automated trade secret asset management system. Yeah, and just to add to that, um, since we're talking about the Trade Secret Examiner, um, to make sure everybody just functionally knows how it works, it's a software that can run on any platform and it uses blockchain to make sure that the record cannot be uh, manipulated in any way, shape, or form so that you've got that perfect record going into um, courts to try to push for whatever type of enforcement you are able to get on the back end, which Mark will talk about in a little bit more detail. And it supports the two major steps in successful trade secret litigation. And again, Mark's going to chat about these later um, using the litmus test and um, the IONA uh, proof. Um, what we're going to do regarding this, this platform is, is give it to everybody um, as part of our offering. So um, the cost of it will be borne by the insurance carriers, um, which is something that I think would be music to people's ears. And, you know, that you'll be trained on how to use it. They have a very, very lengthy, um, in a good way, uh, user's manual that they can provide to people to get everybody up to speed on how to use it. But employees can fill out the information on a single trade secret asset and about the time it takes them to buy a plane ticket. So um, once the information, you know, you might have multiple employees putting in information around the same asset or the same set of assets, which make up a bigger trade secret, but um, it's, it's an easy to use platform with an internal scoring mechanism, which brings me to the next point, which is, as you know, as insurance, carriers, um, the market is not going to just um, sort of offer insurance on the basis of your own, you know, um, fox watching the hen house, your own evaluation of how you're doing from an information security standpoint, and um, frankly, you know, predetermining what you think the value of that trade secret will look like. So we're using A&M, even though people will give their best efforts to do that, you know, we, we need to have support that with additional documentation. So that's where A&M comes in on the valuation side. And then we'll also be using a threat assessment questionnaire and dark web monitoring as provided by X-Cyber. So you know, one of the keys to the trade secret asset management system and dovetails uh, so nicely with, with the, the Economic Espionage Act of 1996, which provides for ex-party seizure orders. Everything that goes into the automated trade secret asset management system uh, is blockchain. And blockchain, of course, uh, cannot be forensically challenged. And uh, so in an automated trade secret asset management system, we eliminate all the factual disputes that you ordinarily see in traditional trade secret litigation. Because if you get right down to it, what you do is you go into a courtroom and you put people under oath to testify about what they think the trade secret is. You put documents and evidence. It, it all plays out. But by blockchaining the evidence, you can walk right into record, right into court with the forensic evidence. It can't be forensically I mean, the trade secret evidence can't be forensically challenged. I mean, this is a game changer. And so once, and and it's also important to understand that you are not touching the trade secrets. You are. Uh, not capturing trade secrets or anything like that. You're capturing metadata about the trade secret. 
And once the trade secret metadata is entered into the blockchain, there is no possibility that the records can be altered or, or falsified because with a blockchain system, you, can only, you cannot go backward. You, the blocks only go forward. And as you will see in some more detail, I think when I focus on the EONA proofs, existence, ownership, notice, and access, those are requirements in, a, in litigation of a trade secrets case. You can do all of that ahead of time and have the evidence blockchain so you're ready to go right into court to get that ex parte seizure order. It can instantly be proven by production of timestamp, blockchain, digital records, or any date of interest in a trade secret misappropriation lawsuit. And everything that goes into the automated trade secret asset management system is blockchain and cannot be tampered or altered with. So, um, again, that's a key part of the system. Mark, just to add to that before we switch over to the valuation piece, I think one of the things that is critical to me, and I think credit critical to the markets as we're as we continue to build a market for this, build capacity is that it used to it used to cost, or in today's environment, without the, any way to automate this process, potentially millions of dollars in legal fees um, to just to get to the point where you can do the enforcement or to instigate the enforcement on the back end and and, and get all those people in a room and spend hours. Um, invite you know interviewing different people um, and trying to prove that in fact a trade secret that you think was a trade secret was in fact a trade secret and that you had proper security around it and all of those things so it eliminates months of time and millions of dollars potentially in legal fees by automating this process and um, I think that's something that we want to make sure that that folks understand thanks mark for your insights for our audience members, I hope you will be able to join us in our next entry in the series, which talks about the value of valuation. I'm excited. I will be joined by Phil Antoon, who is a managing director for Alvarez and Marsal. He's going to share with us some of the methodologies that they use to determine the value of trade secret assets, and it should be very informative. Thanks for coming. In the meantime, Visit our website, www.tradesecretinsurance.com. Visit us on social media and or visit YouTube. Crown Jewel Insurance is the channel and you can see a couple of videos there, including a full length webinar that includes myself, Mark Halligan, who you've been listening to for the last three podcast entries and Phil Antoon, who will join me next week. Thank you.